welcome back to another Daily Walk. And today we're going to look at the latest Moody Church newsletter from Erwin Lutzer. This is autumn 2023. Uh, last one I'll get for a little while because that whole uh, not getting mail and uh, on the roads type stuff. Uh, but what we're going to do here is I want to talk about this because he does talk in this newsletter about true holiness. Now some of it is to promote a book which... Uh, this is actually one I have not actually read from Erwin Lutzer, uh, so maybe I'll look forward to reading it sometime soon. I'll provide a link for it down in the description should I be able to find one, um, so look for that. But it is a book I have not read, although Erwin Lutzer is on my generally safe list. So if he's writes something, generally speaking, it's good and sound material. And he's talking about holiness, and he takes this approach uh, really looking at, uh, he has a little newsletter talking about what holiness is and, and things like that. And then he has some Q&A, so we're going to look at each of those. Of course, uh, I've talked about holiness in the past, and uh, you know it is certainly something that is greatly misunderstood in many ways in our modern church. Uh, you look back to the uh, quite heretical book, The Shack, right? And they define holiness, and there is some good feeling, you know, uh, Mac and Jesus are sitting on the dock, looking at the stars, and goes, this is holy. Uh, no, 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 holiness is not a good feeling inside of your belly, okay? Holiness is something completely different. Uh, Urban Lutzer here starts with a hymn from Horatius Bonner. Uh, I looked for the church and found it in the world. I looked for the world and found it in the church. We could interpret that a number of different ways. <laughs> um, so he likes this, uh, this verse because, he, uh, and then what he mentions here is we're living at a time when the distinction between the world and the church is blurred. We want to love God, but we are pulled into the orbit of worldly values in an array of temptations. And quite frankly, we don't know where the line should be drawn. All right, and he talks about his youth. Of course, he is a retired pastor, so uh, we're talking about he actually grew up on a farm without running water, okay? They, they had the outhouses and all that kind of stuff. He wrote about it in his autobiography, which is also an excellent read. And so... As he, um, as he grew up, you know, it was a different world back then. You know, playing cards were forbidden. They were of the devil. You couldn't dance. Going to the movies was seen as, as evil. And so you see all of these different elements back and forth. And what has happened, of course, is, you know, is, are playing cards inherently sinful? Of course not. Is dancing inherently sinful? Of course not. We had this moralistic, legalistic age back then that... It wasn't necessarily sound, but at least it, it pushed the culture in a slightly more, uh, you'd say a more moral direction, if not a more uh, holy direction. Because holiness is not the lack of sin, as he describes down here. Um, he, he goes on here and says, Even back then, we forgot worldliness and holiness were, first and foremost, matters of the heart, not of conduct. Uh, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he, he quotes from Proverbs 23, 7. Uh, now, he goes on here to talk about this difference because, you know, j the lack of sin is not necessarily holiness. It's the being set apart for God. That's what the word holiness means. It is to set apart for God. Uh, he writes here, uh, most important, we are living in a time when being comforted to the uh, conformed to the world, excuse me, is more tempting than ever. 
I remember the days you had to intentionally search for temptation. It was not accessible on your cell phone or your computer. Indeed, we didn't have such technology when I was young. This is true. I mean, I'm from the generation. We didn't have internet. I know some of you like millennials will go to Wikipedia and be like, oh, see, no, the, you're lying. The internet was around in 1979. Uh, no, it wasn't. You, um, you little ignorant fool, um, because internet was not widely available to the public. It was highly expensive. It wasn't widely available to the public until approximately, I think like mid nineties, the wealthy and or super computer, uh, guys could get on to access bulletin boards with each other. Uh, that, by the way, that predates, predates images being on the internet, which I think the first image got on the internet was at 96, 97, I forget. Uh, you can look that up. Um, so what happens is that in those days when we were growing up, you didn't have, uh, just look at pornography, for example. We didn't have a smartphone or a computer or an internet to look the stuff up. If you wanted to get some, you had to go to a adult store or to a video store and ask to see the X-rated section. And if you were a kid, sorry, the answer is no. All right. Uh, you could possibly get a hold of a dirty magazine, uh, which were mostly kept behind the counters and with a cardboard in front of it. So you could buy it if you were of age, but you really couldn't. And even then, a lot of stores just didn't carry it. All right. And so it, it used to be a lot harder to fall into those. And now the biggest problem we have is it's so readily accessible and so easy to find that we're getting to the point where it's easy. And that's what he is getting at here when he talks about, when he talks about the sin is all in front of us. It is, it is at the fingertips of our daily lives. And uh, that really is, is the difference. Now, here is what he says here, back to Lutzer. He says, Yet God's admonition stands as obedient children do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in your conduct, since it is written, You shall be holy, for I am holy. And that is from 1 Peter 1, 14 through 16. Peter goes on to say that we should conduct ourselves with fear, as we live in the present world. You see, holy is to separate out unto God. When you look at holiness and where the word holy showed up in the Old Testament, dealing with the rituals and the, the sacrifices of God, what had happened is they would go, they'd conquer something, and then something is set apart as holy unto the Lord. What that means is you take this common item, you would duo purification, and now that thing for the rest of the, the world could only be used to sacrifice and honor God. It was set aside for the use of God. Now, what does it mean in our modern age of New Testament Christianity to be holy? It means that we ourselves are set apart for God. He writes in Titus that he saved us to redeem us from all ungodliness and to purify for himself a people of his own possession, zealous for good deeds, is what he writes in Titus. I think it's Titus 2. And as he says that, the implication is that we are no longer living for ourselves. We are living for God. We, by the nature of Christ, are holy that we should be living our conduct for him. Now, some people would say we just need to not sin. So he talks about here, we're going to skip a couple paragraphs, and talks about sin, saying holiness mean, uh, if holiness means we abstain from sins of the world, but it also means so much more. One day as a young pastor I called Rose Hill, 
a large establishment in Chicago. I asked how many inhabitants they had, and they said 65,000. Not one of them smoked cigarettes, not one of them went to degrading movies, not one of them spent time venting on social media or grasped the latest trappings of the wealth. Well, Rose Hill is a cemetery, he describes. It is a place where people no longer participate in the sins of the world. Unfortunately, they also lack life. And so his point is that, uh, his final concluding paragraph, my point is that holiness is much more than abstaining from the sins of the world. It is a positive attitude of a spirit-filled life for the world to come. Holiness means living with a certain knowledge that all that matters is what matters for eternity. Holiness means you are alive, living for God with all of your heart and mind and soul. So holiness applied accurately in modern Christianity. Holiness says it is to purify ourselves from those sins. You know, James 127, right? Pure and undefiled religion in the sight of God our Father says to visit orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained by the world. That uh, abstinence from sin, but also to do good deeds unto mankind. That's why I like that verse so much is because it carries with it the element of helping mankind, the orphans and widows, and keeping yourself unstained by the trappings, the sin, and the issues of the world around us. All right. Uh, and so that's really what he says. He has a cute couple Q&As. We're going to skip the one that's a promotion for his book. Uh, he says, you began the article by saying that the world is in the church and the church is in the world. How so? This is the answer he provides. Certainly one reason is because there's often no distinction between the conduct of Christians and of non-Christians. And that is so true. Okay, plus some Christians are deceived into thinking if they imbibe the contact and values of the world, it will give them an opportunity to be a loving witness for Christ. That is the church growth movement right there. We are going to become sinners of the world that we may preach to you while we get drunk over vodka in the bar. Uh, no, that is not honoring to Christ. But in the end, if you think I'm wrong, by the way, read um, uh, read The Art of Neighboring. That's why I did the parody, The Art of Shallow Neighboring. Yeah, that is actually a talking point in that book. We threw this wild party. It was so crazy. The cops even showed up. The liquor was flowing, and we made great opportunities and inroads to preach the gospel to our neighbors. Yes, they wrote that with a straight face. I paraphrased, of course, but... But And people say, you know, oh, you're, you're a hateful person. You wrote this heretical book. Uh, no, actually, I was writing a parody of your heretical book, actually. <laughs> All right. uh, but in the early church, there was a clear distinction between believers and unbelievers. Some were repelled by the holiness of the church, while others were drawn in by it. They loved one another. So the early Christians distinguished themselves from the world and did not bend over backwards to be like the world. Some churches are also in league with other uh, with the world regarding what is taught. In other words, the world is dictating to the church the views it should have on issues of sexuality, social justice, etc. It is better that Christians stand our ground and to and to be rejected than to submit to the culture under the false idea that we must go along with the world under the false view of love. If we speak truth, we are considered unloving, which is better than speaking lies with a compassionate voice. All right. That is a true statement, okay, and that is really the hinge of the the uh, the crux, which say of the current pride movement. Okay, John MacArthur said in a uh, Ligonier conference in 2002, it is at the point of offense that the war must be waged. This is very true. It is at that point of offense that the war must be waged. Some churches are in league with the world regarding what is taught. 
How many churches in your town fly the LGBT flag? Despite LGBT is the pride flag, that one core sin, that first sin that kicked Satan out of heaven was pride. Okay, and the entire movement teaches us to love and approve of things the Bible actually openly calls sin. That is a problem. All right, and it's not unloving. No, it's unloving to let them continue to walk in sin because judgment is at the end of that. Once we fall into sin, as James says, the next is death. He says, question, uh, you've often spoken about the subject of technology, how it can be used for good, but you see it filled with dangers. This is so true. Technology is a wonderful thing, but it is also a curse to mankind. I know this one, I might be alone on this, but sometimes I wish the internet had not been invented. Just think of what social media has done to our young people. Surgeon General of the United States published an extensive report on loneliness, depression. Much of this is because of the internet, where young and old often retreat in privacy, watch videos, and try to outdo their friends on social media platforms. Intergenerational relationships are, for the most part, a rarity. This is very true, and I find the marks of the best churches. If you're a pastor or in a church, an influence in a church, you need to make sure you have intergenerational work going on in your church. The churches that are the soundest are the ones that allow the, the, the 12-year-old to come to the, to the men's Bible study just like the 90-year-old. Because that 12-year-old can learn a lot by watching a lot of godly men. I was actually in a church, I think it was in New Mexico. Every class was completely segregated by age, even in the adults. It was like, if you're, if you're, you're uh, 20 to 29, you go to this class. If you're 30 to 39, you go to this class. If you're 40 to 49, you go to this class. If you're, you know, um, uh, 10 to 12, you go to this class. And their motto literally was connecting all generations to God. Uh, you're doing a really bad job of it. You're not even connecting the generations to each other, let alone connecting the generations to God. Okay. Um, and so intergenerational relationships are very important for the health of the church. So uh, that's why I've written a chapter of the book, Guard Your Heart. Um, oh, I've not actually seen that, that book either. I, mean, I need to catch up on my early list. I've, I've read at least a dozen or two of his books. I have not seen do a Guard Your Heart either. Another one to look for. All right. Um, I show how technology is not neutral, but how actually weighed against us has brought satanic deceptions right into our homes and minds. All right, um, and then he goes on. Uh, we're already over time, so I don't want to read the next couple questions about uh, what happens to a church um, or a person who does not see the world as an enemy. Uh, footnote, it's bad, okay? Uh, so holiness is not just to abstain from sin. It is to draw close and to draw near a loving God. So we'll leave this one here. Thank you for watching today's Daily Walk. Of course, um, you can find that uh, book, um, Art of Shallow Neighboring, um, the parody that I have. Uh, Amazon does not allow me to sell the eBooks anymore because it's so bad, apparently. Um, you know, uh, But uh, you can actually find the eBooks on PayHip and a few other places. Have a look at the website, rwalkinchrist.com. That'll have all the links that I know of where you can buy it. And uh, you can pick up the eBook or the print book copy. I think you can actually get the print book on expanded stuff. Harder to get the eBooks, audiobooks, eBooks, all available on my website if you want to read it. Um, let me know. With that, though, thanks for watching, and I hope that you enjoy your daily walk in our Lord. Thank you for tuning in. Our Walk in Christ podcast is a listener-supported presentation. For more information about how you can help, check out ourwalkinchrist.com forward slash support or our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash Tom M. That's T-O-M-M. -M. 
Digital and paperback books are available on several online bookstores or at our website. Once again, the website is OurWalkInChrist.com.